Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan. Chapter 14, Jason. Jason woke to the sound of thunder. Then he remembered where he was. It was always thundering in cabin one. Above his cot, the domed ceiling was decorated with a white-blue mosaic, like a cloudy sky. The cloud tiles shifted across the ceiling, changing from white to black. Thunder rumbled through the room, and gold tiles flashed like veins of lightning. Except for the cot that the campers had brought him, the cabin had no regular furniture, no chairs, tables, or dressers. As far as Jason could tell, it didn't even have a bathroom. The walls were carved with alcoves, each holding a bronze brazier or a golden eagle statue on a marble pedestal. In the center of the room, a 20-foot-tall, full-color statue of Zeus in classic Greek robes stood with a shield at his side and a lightning bolt raised, ready to smite somebody. Jason studied the statue, looking for anything he had in common with the Lord of the Sky. Black hair? Nope. Grumbly expression? Well, maybe. Beard? No thanks. In his robes and sandals, Zeus looked like a really buff, really angry hippie. Yeah, cabin one. A big honor, the other campers had told him. Sure, if you like sleeping in a cold temperature by yourself with hippie Zeus frowning down on you all night. Jason got up and rubbed his neck. The whole body, his whole body was stiff from bad sleep and summoning lightning. That little trick last night hadn't been as easy as he'd let on. It had almost made him pass out. Next to the cot, new clothes were laid out for him. Jeans, trainers, and an orange Camp Half-Blood t-shirt. He definitely needed a change of clothes, but looking down at his tattered purple shirt, he was reluctant to change. It felt wrong, somehow, putting on the camp shirt. He still couldn't believe he belonged here despite everything they told me. They told him. He thought about his dreams, hoping more memories would come back to him about Lupa, or that ruined house in the the Redwoods. He knew he'd been here before. The wolf was real, but his head ached when he tried to remember. The marks on his forearm seemed to burn. If he could find those ruins, he could find his past. Whatever was growing inside that rock spire, Jason had to stop it. He looked at Hippie Zeus. You're welcome to help. The statue said nothing. Thanks, Pops, Jason muttered. He changed clothes and checked his reflection in Zeus's shield. His face looked watery and strange in the metal, like he was dissolving in a pool of gold. Definitely, he didn't he'd look as good as Piper had last night after she'd suddenly transformed. Jason still wasn't sure how he felt about that. He acted like an idiot, announcing in front of everybody that she was a knockout. No like there'd been anything wrong with her before. Sure, she looked great after Aphrodite's after, but she also didn't look like herself, not comfortable with the attention. Jason had felt bad for her. Maybe that was crazy, considering she'd just been claimed by a goddess and turned into the most gorgeous girl at camp. Everybody had started fawing, fawning over her, telling her how amazing she was and how obviously she would be the one on who went on the quest. But that attention had nothing to do with who she was. New dress, new makeup, glowing pink aura, and boom. Suddenly, people like her. Jason understood how she must be feeling. 
Last night, when he'd called down lightning, the other campers' reactions had seemed familiar to him. He was pretty sure he'd been dealing with that for a long time, people looking at him in awe just because he was a son of Zeus, treating him special, but it didn't have anything to do with him. Nobody cared about him, just his big, scary daddy standing behind him with the doomsday bolt, as if to say, Respect this kid, or eat voltage. After the campfire, when people started heading back to their cabins, Jason had gone up to Piper and formally asked her to come with him on the quest. She'd still be been in a state of shock, but she nodded, rubbing her arms, which must, um, which must have been cold, in that sleeveless dress. Aphrodite took my snowboarding jacket, she muttered, mugged by my own mom. In the first row of the amphitheater, Jason found a blanket and wrapped it around her shoulders. We'll get you a new jacket, he promised. She managed to smile. He wanted to wrap his arms around her, but he restrained himself. He didn't want her to think he was as shallow as everyone else, trying to make a move on her because she turned all beautiful. He was glad Piper was going with him on the quest. Jason tried to act brave at the campfire, but it was just an act. The idea of going up against an evil force power, powerful enough to kidnap Hera, scared the witless especially since uh, he didn't even know his own past. He needed help, and it felt right. Piper should be with him. But things were already complicated without figuring out how much he liked her and why. He'd already messed up her big her head enough. He slipped on his shoes, his new shoes, ready to get out of that cold, empty cabin. Then he spotted something he hadn't noticed the night before. A brazier had been moved out of one of the alcoves to create a sleeping niche, a bedroll, a backpack, and even some pictures taped to the wall. Jason walked over. Whoever had slept there had been a long time ago. The bedroll smelled musty. The backpack was covered in a thin layer of dust. Some of the photos, once taped to the wall, had lost their stickiness and fallen to the floor. One picture showed Annabeth, much younger, maybe eight, but Jason could tell it was her. Uh, same blonde hair and gray eyes. Same distracted look like she was thinking a million things at once. She stood next to the sandy hair gray, sandy haired guy, about 14 or 15, with a mischievous smile and a ragged leather armor over a t-shirt. He was pointing to an alley behind them like he was telling the photographer, let's go meet things in the dark in alley and kill them. A second photo showed Annabeth and the same guy sitting at a campfire, laughing hysterically. Finally, Jason picked up one of the photos that had fallen. It was a strip of pictures, like you do it, like you take in a do-it-yourself photo booth. Annabeth and the sandy hair guy, but with another girl in between them. She was maybe 15, with black hair, choppy like Piper's, a black leather jacket, and silver jewelry. So she looked kind of goth, but she was caught mid-laugh, and it was clear she was with her two best friends. That's Dahlia, someone said. Jason turned. Annabeth was peering over his shoulder. Her expression was sad, like the pictures brought back hard memories. She's the other child of Zeus who lived here, but not for long. Sorry, I should have knocked. It's fine, Jason said. Not like I think of this place as home. Annabeth was dressed for travel, with a winter coat over her camp boots, um, with her over her camp clothes, her knife at her belt, and a backpack across her shoulder. Jason said, Don't suppose you've changed your mind about coming with us? She shook her head. You've got a team already. I'm off to look for Percy. Jason was a little bit disappointed. He would have appreciated having somebody on the trip who knew what they were doing. 
so he wouldn't feel like he was leading Piper and Leo off a cliff. Hey, you'll do fine, Annabeth promised. Something tells me this isn't your first quest. Jason had a vague suspicion she was right, but that didn't make him feel any better. Everyone seemed to think he was so brave and confident, but they didn't see how lost he really felt. How could they trust him when he didn't even know who he was? He looked at a picture of Annabeth smiling. He wondered how long it had been since she'd smiled. She must really like this Percy guy to search for him so hard, and that made Jason a little envious. Was anyone searching for him right now? What if somebody cared for him that much and was going out of their mind with worry, and he couldn't even remember his old life? You know who I am, he guessed. Don't you? Annabeth gripped the hilt of her dagger. She looked for a chair to sit on, but of course there weren't any. Honestly, Jason, I'm not sure. My best guess, you're a loner. It happens sometimes. For one reason or another, the camp never found you. But you survived anyway by constantly moving around. Trained yourself to fight. Handle the monsters on your own. You beat the odds. The first thing Kyron said to me, Jason remembered, was, You should be dead. That could be why, Annabeth said. Most demigods would never make it on their own. And a child of Zeus? I mean, I... It doesn't get any more dangerous than that. The chances of you reaching age 15 without finding Camp Half-Blood or dying? Microscopic. But like I said, it does happen. Thalia ran away when she was young. She survived on her own for years, even took care of me for a while. So maybe you were a loner too. Jason held out his arm. And these marks? Annabeth glanced at the tattoos. Clearly, they bothered her. Well, the eagle is a symbol of Zeus, so that makes sense. The twelve lines? Maybe they stand for years. You'd be making them since you were three years old. SPQR? That's the motto of the Holy Roman Empire. Senatus Pompilasque Romanus, the Senate of the people of Rome. Though, why you would burn that into your own arm, I don't know. Unless you had a really harsh Latin teacher... Jason was pretty sure that wasn't the reason. It also didn't seem possible he'd been on his whole he'd been on this his whole life. But what else made sense? Annabeth was pretty clear. Cap Half Blood was the only safe place in the world for demigods. I um I had a weird dream last night, she said. He said. It seemed a little stupid thing to confide, but Annabeth didn't look surprised. Happens all the time to demigods. She said, what did you see? He told her about the wolves and the ruined house and the two rock spires. As he talked, Annabeth started pacing, looking more and more agitated. You don't remember where this house is? She asked. Jason shook his head. But I'm sure I've been there before. Redwoods, she mused. Could be Northern California and the she-wolf? I studied goddesses, spirits, and monsters my whole life. I've never heard of Lupa. She said the enemy was a her. I thought it might be Hera, but... I wouldn't trust Hera, but I don't think she's the enemy. And that thing rising out of the earth? Annabeth's expression darkened. You've got to stop it. You know what it is, don't you? He asked. Or at least you've got to guess. I saw your face last night at the campfire. You looked at Chiron like it was suddenly dawning on you, but you didn't want to scare us. Annabeth hesitated. Jason, the thing about prophecies, the more you know, the more you try to change them. And that could be disastrous. Kyron believes it's better that you find your own path, um, find out things in your own life, in your own time. If he told me everything he knew before my first quest with Percy, I've got to admit, I'm not sure I would have been able to go with it, go through with it. 
For your quest, it's even more important. That bad, huh? Not if you succeed. At least, I hope not. But, if I don't even know where to start, where am I supposed to go? Follow the monsters, Annabeth suggested. Jason thought about that. The storm spirit who'd attacked him at the Grand Canyon had said he was being recalled to his boss. If Jason could track the storm spirits, he might be able to find the person controlling them. And maybe that would lead him to Hera's prison. Okay, he said. How do I find storm spirit? Uh, storm winds. Personally, I'd ask a wind god, Annabeth said. Aelius is the master of the winds, but he's a little unpredictable. No one finds him unless he wants to be found. I try one of the four seasonal wind gods that work for Aelius. The near, the nearest one, the one who has the most dealing with heroes, is Boreas, the north wind. So if I looked him up on Google Maps... Oh, he's not hard to find, Annabeth promised. He settled in North America like all the other gods. So of course, he just picked the oldest northern settlement about as far as you can go. Maine? Jason guessed further. Jason tried to envision a map. What was further than Maine? The old, the oldest northern settlement. Canada, he decided. Quebec. Annabeth smiled. I hope you speak French. French. Jason actually felt a spark of excitement. Quebec, at last. At least now he had a goal. Find the North Wind, track down the Storm Spirits, find out who they worked for, and where that ruined house was. Free Hera, all in four days. Cake. Thanks, Annabeth. He looked at the photo booth pictures still in his hand. So, um, you said it was dangerous being a child of Zeus? Whatever happened to Dahlia? Oh, she's fine, Annabeth said. She became a hunter of Artemis, one of the handmaidens of the goddess. They roam around the country killing monsters. We don't see them at camp very often. Jason glanced over at the huge statue of Zeus. He understood why Thalia had slept in this, in the alcove. It was the only place in the cabin not in Hippie Zeus's line of sight. And even that hadn't been enough. She chosen to follow Artemis and he, be a part of a group rather than stay in this cold, draughty temple alone with her 20-foot-tall dad, Jason's dad, glowing down at her. Eat voltage! Jason didn't have any trouble understanding Thalia's feelings. He wondered if there were a hunter's group for guys. Who's the other kid in the photo, he asked, the sandy-haired guy, and with expression tightened. Touchy subject. That's Luke, she said. He's dead now. Jason decided it was best not to ask anymore, but the way Annabeth said Luke's name, he wondered if Percy Jackson wasn't the only boy Annabeth had ever liked. He focused again on Thalia's face. He kept thinking this photo of her was important. He was, was missing something. Jason felt a strange sense of connection to this other child of Zeus, someone who might understand his confusion, maybe even answer some questions. But another voice inside him, an insistent whisper, said, Dangerous. Stay away. How old is she now? he asked. Hard to say. She was a tree for a while. Now she's immortal. What? His expression must have been pretty good, because Annabeth laughed. Don't worry, it's not something all children of Zeus go through. It's a long story. But, well, she was out of, out of commission for a long time. If she aged regularly... She'd been in her 20s now, but she still looks the same as in that picture. Like she's about, well, your age. 15 or 16? 
Something the she-wolf had said in the dream nagged at Jason. He found himself asking, what's her last name? Annabeth looked uneasy. She didn't use a last name, really. If she had to, she'd used her mom's, but they didn't get along. Dolly ran away when she was pretty young. Jason waited. Grace, Annabeth said. Dahlia Grace. Jason's fingers went numb. The pitcher fluttered uh, to the floor. You okay? Annabeth asked. A shred of memory had ignited. Maybe a tiny piece that Hera had forgotten to steal. Or maybe she had left it there on purpose, just enough for him to remember that name. Or no, that digging up his past was terribly, terribly dangerous. You should be dead, Kyron had said. It wasn't a comment about Jason beating the odds as a loner. Kyron knew something specific. Something about Jason's family. The she-wolf's words in his dream finally made sense to him. Her clever joke at his expense. He could imagine Lupa growling a wolfish laugh. What is it? Annabeth pressed. Jason couldn't help himself. Couldn't keep this himself. It would kill him. And he had to get Annabeth's help. If he knew Talia, maybe she could advise him. You have to swear not to tell this to anyone else, okay? He said. Jason... Swear it, he urged, until I figure out what is going on, what all this means. He rubbed the burn tattoos on his forearm. You have to get Annabeth hesitated, but her curiosity won out. All right, until you tell me it's okay, I won't share what you say with anyone else. I swear on the river sticks. Thunder rumbled even louder than usual for the cabin. You're, you're our saving grace, the wolf had snarled. Jason picked up the photo from the floor. My last name is Grace, she said. This is my sister. Annabeth turned pale. Jason could see her wrestling with dismay, disbelief, anger. She thought he was lying. His claim was impossible. And part of him felt the same way. But as soon as he spoke the words, he knew they were true. The doors of the cabin burst open. Half a dozen campers spilled in, led by a bald guy from Iris. Butch. Hurry, he said. And Jason couldn't tell if his expression was excitement or fear. The dragon is back. And that was the end of chapter 14. I hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter. And uh, we'll come back for more next week. Um, I'm sorry I paused, so my voice might sound a little different now and then throughout the chapter. And uh, I would I might have gotten a little bad. In my throat sometimes, so it sounded weird. But I do have a very dry cough right now, and it started like 19 minutes and 9 seconds ago. So exactly when I started this podcast is what it feels like. It started instantly. When I started reading, I get cough. Um, yeah. But with that, Isaac, out. are actually like still listening by this point like are you waiting for the 
the end scene like in a Marvel movie, like watching through all the credits. Um, bye.